Hey friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast. I hope you are enjoying all of the fun that is happening with season four of Still With You. Last week, I had the honor of speaking with Pastor Tyler Burns. My conversation with him is near and dear to my heart. If you have a moment to listen to that episode, I highly recommend it. In fact, you can listen to all 80 plus episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. The easiest way to stay up to date with what we are sharing is by subscribing or following the podcast on whatever platform you are listening from. Not only does this allow new episodes to automatically download on your device, but this also is a perfect way to support the podcast. I am so grateful for you doing this. And I have not done this podcasting journey alone. I've had many amazing, encouraging voices inspire me and teach me how to step out bravely and speak clearly about what God is doing in my life and share this with others. And one of those amazing individuals is my friend, Rachel Autry. Rachel Autry is an online encourager and podcaster in Birmingham, Alabama. She spends most of her time connecting with her friends online and encouraging them to seek Jesus in small and large ways. She is the host of Behind the Bliss, a top-rated podcast which creates space for women to share stories and their reality of what life is really like behind the bliss. She and her loyal, loving BTB listeners, including me, believe there is power and vulnerability sharing the hard and pretty parts of our life. Revealing the story behind your highlight reel requires true bravery, but it's not about doing it well all at once, but rather being obedient in your next step. Though Rachel loves sharing stories of other encouragers, Mac Brock, Carrie Job, and Crystal Evans-Hurst, just to name a few of the guests featured on Behind the Bliss, she is also carrying a story of her own. As this episode releases, Rachel and her husband Thomas are less than two months away from meeting their first child. Not only are we praising God for the miracle of this baby, but we are also honoring him for working in the waiting. As I speak with Rachel about her story of overcoming infertility and of course, the beginning of Behind the Bliss, I approach this subject with sincere sensitivity to those of you who might be praying through a similar journey. A few of the phrases and subjects mentioned might be an unwanted reminder of past trauma involving pregnancy. Please know that you are not alone, and I pray that Rachel's story of how God met her in the mess may be a bright hope to you. It is an honor to chat with Rachel on Still With You. She is a friend that I love to turn to for fun, practical advice, plus some helpful tips. If you are in the middle praying while waiting, this conversation is for you. Your victory is near. Please welcome to Still With You, the amazing, beautiful podcast host of Behind the Bliss, Rachel. It is so fun for me to have a fellow podcaster on the show. Not that I don't love any of my other friends. They're awesome. But there's something special about speaking with someone who like knows the rhythm of this process. Right. Do you prefer to be hosting or do you like being interviewed? Like if you could pick your ideal situation, what do you like? Oh gosh. It really depends on the day. I have to be honest. There's some days where I'm like stoked. I'm like, this is so great. I can't wait to ask all these questions. And then I turn around and do things like this. 
this. And I'm like, wait, but this is really fun too, because either way you're just chatting with a friend, right? Yeah. It's like, am I going to host someone at my house for coffee or am I going over to somebody else's house for coffee? It's like both are fun. There's a little difference. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you prefer to do your interviews in person or do you mind like the whole online distance thing? I don't mind remote, but I love in person. There's so much fun because you can see people and like uh-huh. chat and laugh and you can see facial expressions. And I love in person, but that's just me as a person anyways. Like I prefer sit downs over phone calls. But then again, with COVID, I'm like, I'll take what I can get at this point. Absolutely. And I have a confession to make, even though you can't see me and like, I'm literally by myself in my own house. A couple of weeks ago, you recommended the Buxom lip gloss. Oh, yes. And I put that on this morning for a little extra shimmering confidence because I'm in my own. There you go. Yeah, clearly you'd know my answer. I would love to be in person with people. And But then there's sometimes like, you know, today, full disclosure, I'm in my leggings and Uggs and an oversized t-shirt. You know, some days I'm like, yeah, I feel like girl bossing it up. Like, let's put on yes. some jeans and a cute top. And then there are days I'm like, this is real cozy. Let me light a candle and just like hop online. Yeah. I'm wondering, how are you feeling? So your friends who are listening to this, they obviously know like what's going on in your season, but you're um, expecting. Yes. Congratulations to you and Thomas. That is so awesome. But how are you feeling by the time this comes out? I think you'll still be pregnant, but you'll be closer because you're due in March, right? Yeah. So we're due in March. You're sweet to ask. I feel great. I really do. It's odd because you hear, I mean, like Hollywood and even some of my pregnant friends have really showed me pregnancy can be rough. And don't get me wrong. Like there's parts of it that you're like, this is interesting. But then there's other parts that I'm loving it. I just told Thomas the other day, I said, should we just like stay pregnant? (laughs) I really like this. I don't know (laughs) if it's like because of our journey to get here. And so I'm just grateful period. Or if it's, I really am just feeling great, but I don't have anything to complain about, which is nuts. (laughs) So good to hear, especially which we're going to get into a little bit about what you guys have walked through together. I don't want to be this where I'm like, just like, tell me your life story. But (laughs) I would love for you to share a little bit about some of the stuff that you've gone through. And then we'll get into like behind the bliss and just all of the fun things that you are always creating and doing. You're currently living in Mississippi right now on an Air Force base. That's right. But I do know that you guys have a home in Birmingham. So are you originally from Birmingham? Good question. I feel like that our story is one that we just love adventure and travel and like our seasons are always changing directions that we thoroughly confuse people. They're like, wait, where are you from? Where are you going and why are you here? I grew up in South Carolina and Thomas did as well. We actually met in high school at church. And so both of our families are back in South Carolina. Right after we graduated and we got married, he moved to Birmingham, Alabama, which mm-hmm. I have a huge crush on Beham. It is so cool. I went kicking and screaming, complete honesty and transparency. I don't know why. I just was so excited about South Carolina and growing up there, family. I guess you could say it was comfortable. So when we took a job in Birmingham, I was just terrified. I think it's just a new city. Mm-hmm. But then also I was like, if we were going to move, I would want to move somewhere other than the South again. It has grown on us and it is such a beautiful place. We now say we're from Birmingham because we've been there for the past four, almost five years. But now we are in Mississippi, like you said, living on an Air Force base. My husband, Thomas, is in pilot training to become a pilot for the United States Air Force. 
So we're here camping out till the training's over, and then we'll go back home to Birmingham. I have only been to Birmingham a few times, so I've been to Motion Conference. And then my in-laws just transplanted from Missouri, which is where I'm originally from, to Montgomery. We've been on a couple of like day trips just up to Birmingham when we go to see them. I love the city. It is so beautiful. And I think that you've talked about this a little bit before is that I think that there's this stereotype maybe of like some Southern cities that there's not a lot of culture, a lot to do, but there's so many cool things to find there. And I love it because every time I go, I feel like I find a little bit something new. Do you miss it a lot? Tons, but we're only two hours away. So we do day trips often and we visit friends and we are renting out our home back in Birmingham. So I always joke, I'm like, it's always weird to go back and visit because we drive past our house (laughs) and we're like, this is weird. We have to go get an Airbnb because we can't stay at our house. Trying to get the most out of where we are for sure, but totally looking forward to returning back to our people. My husband and I, we lived on a Navy base for a while. I feel like I need to know all the things because we're newbies to the Air Force. Yeah. He was in the Navy and then moved to the Air Force Reserve. We had that where we lived on a Navy base. And I remember driving on base once and seeing someone else in my house. And it was the most eerie feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I know that they're taking great care of it. They are wonderful people. But it's just odd because you're like, we've created so many memories there. And we probably might even return back there. These are just people that are holding the fort while we're gone. We're in this weird place right now of being displaced, but on purpose. So we're like, what is this Mm in-between looking like for us? And then find out that (laughs) I'm carrying a child and growing a human like a few days before we move. So I was like, well, then there's that. So it's just funny. There's so many moving pieces and parts in our life right now that have really called us to become people that are like, what's next? Open palms. We really understand there's not control of anything. And so the only thing we have control over is our attitude. So we're just trying to be in a posture of gratefulness and what's next and like ready to take on anything, which is a scary place to be. But really, I am like loving the season because I feel like I'm, I don't have many decisions to make because lots of my decisions are made for me, which is nice. You have been so honest sharing the real things and Thomas too. Like you guys have both been really good stewards and doing that so well. You were talking about how you can't make a lot of decisions for yourself with COVID and then also, you know, with the military. I know that that is definitely restricting. When you found out that you were pregnant, had to move, just even if you could lay out some of the details of your story that you guys have been trying to have a baby for a long time. And I approached that topic, which is such sensitivity to all of our sisters and families that have gone through that. What was your heart feeling? Like, were you disappointed almost to think like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be in Birmingham with this baby? Lay out maybe like what your heart was like even receiving such good news. This is the first time we've even processed this. Had it not been for our struggle to get pregnant, which I'll go into, I think I would have grieved being pregnant away from family, away from friends, not in Birmingham, without my doctor, way harder than I have. Because now at this point, I'm like, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Any healthy baby, I can get any great pregnancy, like I will take it. And so it's kind of given me this great perspective. I've prayed for this child and then the Lord placed him in my hands or like in my womb. (laughs) And then now here I am, like, I don't feel like I have a place to argue. I don't feel like I have a place to be ungrateful or like want it any other way than the way I have it. And the way I have it is perfect because he's proved that to us through the season of trying. Yeah, that's good. We were trying about two years ago. We were like on a walk one night and I have like always really wanted to be a mom. And I know Thomas wanted to be a dad, but I was probably more ready than he was ever, you know, just like start or even considered the conversation. Yeah. I had like a agreement with myself. Like I'm not bringing it up until he brings it up. And once he does, that'll be my green light. And so we were on a walk one night and he brought it up. He was like, oh, I would love to be a dad. And I was like, you 
would be a great dad. He was like, how about like soon? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was fun. So like, obviously logistically, like started thinking through that and thinking through what that would mean. Like if we got pregnant right away, where would we be? Like all these things. Also context, Thomas had just been accepted for this pilot program. I think that that was where a lot of his confidence came from, from trying. Like, okay. Now, you know, like our future is a little bit more concrete. LOL. <laughs> Yeah. It's not, and <laughs> it never will be. But for a second, we were like, our future is a little bit more nailed down than maybe it was before. This would be a safe thing, yada, yada. So we start trying. We're just like let down every month and we're confused. And we're like, wait, I thought all you had to do was this and this would produce a baby. And now it's not. And so what's going on? So I went to act my doctor and he ran some tests, which seems like good news, but it was really hard news at the time. He's like, everything looks great. You look great. Thomas looks great. All your levels are normal. I'm just as confused scientifically you should be pregnant at this point and you're not. So like, I don't know what's going on. Let's give it a few more months. We are also praying through like, is this a timing thing? Sure. You know, we were playing all these head games, trying to figure out how God's working and trying to match the formula. We're like, maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe we should just be like, take a chill pill, take a break. Everyone's like, you'll get pregnant when you least expect it. So we're like, let's just not expect it. Like yeah. we're just, we're trying to play all these games. Another year went by. I came to like a breaking point. We went back to my doctor. We had gotten some family news just about family health and sure. history I had no idea about. So we gave him a little bit more information. He was like, okay, this might seem invasive. I want to open you up. <laughs> I want to get in. I want to see what's going on because it's something that's not like natural to the human eye. So I had a surgery last March, which God wink, my surgery is like a year to my due date. I love when things yeah. come full circle. Yeah. What a gift, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe in coincidence. So I'm like, that was just, that's Absolutely. a gift. Yeah. I went in for surgery back in March, which was literally the day after Birmingham, Alabama, like closed down for COVID. That was weird. I had to literally like weep and plea. I was like, please, like this is an emergent surgery to me. I've waited two years for this answer and I'm about to get an answer. You can't cancel this. So I had the best nurse who advocated for me and got me in. And then literally a week and a half later, Thomas leaves for officer training school. Like I had my surgery. It was a quick recovery. They found lots of good answers. So my doctor said, give it three months, just like rest, heal, let your body do its thing. And then y'all can be like game on. <laughs> Thomas went off to officer training school. And I, I got those two months completely to myself in quarantine with my dog without him to rest and heal. Sweet Remy. Yes. I love him so much. It's so funny because I used to own a Brittany. No way. Yeah. And her name was Pretty Girl. I just missed like the rust colored first. So anyway, I had to give a little shout out to old Remy because it makes me think of my dog that I had as a child. That is so sweet. You don't see many Britney Spaniels. No, not at all. It's a rarity. He's like my best friend. He truly got me through that season. We'd go on like four walks a day and all the cuddles. <laughs> it's just such a cool gift the Lord gave me. Yeah. These two and a half months, almost really three months of quieting my soul. I didn't have many responsibilities like many people in the world. Everything was kind of stripped away, including my husband. So it was just me and I got so much time to think and the only person I could be dependent upon was the Lord. Yeah, I got to pray and got lots of clarity and peace. And I was like, you know what? God's never promised me a baby. That was not a part of the plan. <laughs> and I pray that it is. Obviously, like, I have hope that he hears my desires and wants that for me as well. But if we just dwindled it all down to like the basic goods, that's not in scripture. He's not promised Rachel a baby or any of us a baby. And you just stepped so hard on my toes on like just not even that area of my life, <laughs> but just other areas. Wow, that's so true. Like, 
like we sometimes think that that's inherited to us, but it's not. When we follow Jesus, we got to lay it all down. Yeah. He asked me some hard questions. He's like, Rach, if I never gave you a child, would I still be good enough for you? Like, would you still worship me? Would you still find another way to give me glory? If you had to reroute your life like this, like how would you respond? Who are you really? Like, what's your identity? And I just went through all this by myself, which was just against hard, but beautiful. <laughs> Thomas came back from training. So I kind of had come to grips. I'm really okay with either outcome. One would definitely suck, but I would be okay. I really would. That next month of us trying, the first month he was back, it was when this little baby started happening. Oh my gosh. Do another God wink. I have to mention this. At the beginning on that walk, when I was saying we had confidence in kind of like our military career and concrete answers, and we felt like this is a safe time, quote unquote. It really was because logistically we we're like, we want to go into training pregnant. We don't want to have kids that we're bringing to training. We want it to just be us for a short stint, but then it would be great to like raise this kid on a military base. Benefits, like all the logistics like made sense. So that's kind of why we were encouraged to start trying. Funny, God was like, girl, I got you. I know that's your plan. I want that plan for you too. I think it sounds great. I approve. But our training process had been delayed by two years. So, so was our pregnancy journey. Because I think the Lord, like he knew that. He's like, I want that for you too. So we went into training pregnant. It just looked different in every aspect than we thought it originally would. Girl, I am celebrating with you so hardcore. If I had a confetti popper, I would like pop it right now. Like and so excited for you. But like part of my heart just thinks about the our friends who are in that where they're like year, year and a half mark. And they're like, man, like I haven't seen that happen yet. What did Rachel then need to know? I love that you asked this too, because I even have friends that started this infertility journey with us and are still in the midst of it. And that's been really hard for me not to feel shame, celebrating fully like my victory while I know they're waiting on theirs. I want you guys listening to also know like my heart still breaks for you and I still in warfare zone with you because I was just there. So I can't say, oh, all of a sudden like that storybook's closed. Like it's very much something that I still grieve. I grieve that it didn't happen sooner. It's a process. It's a journey and it looks so different for everyone. I hope people hear me with sincere and sensitivity to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'll just speak personally. If I could go back to me, I would want to say and remind myself, a victory is near. And whether it's a child, whether it's whatever, like a victory is near because worship a king who has won every battle and war already. Don't start despising small beginnings. What scripture tells us that God works everything to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Like Romans 8, 28 says that he's promised us more than we could ever ask or imagine Ephesians 3.20 and just like speak scripture over me because I think I was in such a dark place that I was being controlled by emotions rather than being controlled by truth. And that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Because you start spiraling and playing those head games and you try to figure out God's formula and you're like, how can I make this work and manipulate it? And I was a manipulator. LOL. I still am in some areas, but like, especially in this one, like (laughs) that was my sin. And so going back, I'd want to say, just get out a page of paper and write down all the things you've ever been worried about that you think were late or were too early, just you didn't get period. And then write, did it turn out okay? Are you still cool now? Are you still in a safe place now? There's been some hard things that still have yet to be worked out that happened years ago for me. But majority have been prayers answered. Majority says that God's still good. Majority says that like I am still a daughter of the king and he cares greatly about me and he won't ever let me slip through his fingers. There's nothing that can pluck me from his hands. So I'll trust the majority. I'll trust the fact that everything so far has proven that God 
God's for me, not against me, that I'm above and not beneath and all these things. And so I'm like, well, then why next time? Because like, there will be a next time, unfortunately. There will be something else yeah. through our, our life that will come up. And I'm like, hey, well, then when next time happens, whatever that may be, I can look back and add it to the list. Went through infertility, have a healthy baby. I can add something to like this resume in my mind of who God is and how he's proven himself to me so that when I start questioning him, I'm like, no, no, no. He's proven me too many times that he is good and trustworthy for me to wander away again. It's a pattern. I wander and then I come back and then I wander and I come back. And every time it's the same dialogue in my head. He's proven it to me too many times for me to think he won't come through again. One thing that you've done so well is that you've prayed big publicly. You've let your community, your behind the bliss community, your friends, your family to pray with you in that. I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of this year and I just started from the beginning and kept going through. It's brought so much encouragement to me to see you wait well. I'm not in a season where I want to become a mom just yet or my husband, I don't feel like that's for us right now, but I have things that I feel like I'm waiting on and that I haven't seen yet. Every time that you talk about a baby, I think about like some disappointments that I'd had and I know that there are friends that feel that too. And I'm so proud of you and I'm just really thankful for that. Is that ever hard for you to be public? Like when God called you to start the podcast and things, did you ever not want to open up and be vulnerable? Well, first that's so kind and I'm like, holding back tears because that is my prayer for this whole thing of behind the bliss is if I can share big celebrations, but then also the cost it took to get there. It shows it's not about me. It wasn't by Rachel's terms that we got to this destination. It's totally by the grace of God. And that's what I hope people know. <laughs> There's so many things that I keep in my journal that no one knows. Yeah. I do still like play the game where I'm like, hurry Lord, like filter, like let's filter. Like what is for me and you? What is for yeah. me, you and Thomas? What is for me, you Thomas family? What is for me, you Thomas family friends? And then it like keeps growing, obviously, right? The last thing I want people to hear is like photocopy your journal, and put it online. But I will say <laughs> that there is power and vulnerability because it shows exactly that. Like it shows there was a story, there was a cost, there was pain, but then there was purpose. Yeah. And so I think so many times people are so quick to share like, I mean, let's just talk about like maybe a shallow example. Someone's like, oh, I'm so excited to in- take a picture in front of this new house that we just bought. And I'm like, right. But people probably didn't see the closing costs. People probably didn't see the, what's it called? Inspector, like all the things, just making sure the property works, that everything's good. They didn't see the compromises you had to make because it's not a perfect house for sure. Like there's quirks. People don't see that unless you tell them about it, but all they see is she has a house and then therefore they say, and I don't. So what's wrong with me that I don't have that house? And I'm like, well, there's not a problem. It's just that you haven't gone through the cost to get the house. You didn't spend the year saving. You didn't go to meetings with someone who could financially advise. You didn't go out to see how, like there was so much more of a process than just a destination. Or God just said not yet. Or God just said not yet. Yeah. Or God's like, that's not for you because we're working on something different for you. That's not a house that you can't have both. And I want you to have this instead. There, I mean, like there's so many things and tangents and variables. If I feel like if I don't share the whole story, then it's fraudulent. Yeah. Because I'm not sharing who my God is. When we first talked about our infertility journey, my heart was beating out my chest to push po- post on that certain Instagram that we published. Your video was so well done. I love that Hope Dar song that you shared and seeing your family's reactions. I'm going to share that in the show notes for our friends to go find. It is so moving. I was just like wiping back tears myself. I think to be able to share in the middle of the journey, it invited people in for sure. But then it also showed people like, I'm confident enough in my God to tell you that it looks like we're failing, but we're not. And that's a really vulnerable, naked place to 
be, to be like, yeah, I might make a fool of myself because we might not ever get pregnant. We might not. And I'm okay telling you that that's kind of a part of our journey, not because we've done anything wrong or we haven't figured out, but I trust my God enough to come through on the back end. And I want to be able to share that victory with you. But the victory won't mean as much if you didn't know the valleys we went through to get there. You do risk the chance and you're like, do I believe in a God of victories? You know, you're like, shoot, what if there's not a victory? So I don't know. It just puts you in a very like humbling and surrendered place. So that's almost like my third step of surrendering something to the Lord is I want to invite people into the process, whether it's my online friends or whether it's just like my family, but it's just saying something out loud. It takes away a lot of the power that you think it would have on you. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Rachel to bring you some news that you may or may not have already heard about. One of the things that I am passionate about besides podcasting through Still With You is sharing what I have learned through this experience. Over the past two months, I've collected some information to help you launch your own podcast. And if this is something that you're interested in, I have a course that is coming out in February to help you get started at a fast rate, at an efficient rate. My hope is to use this How to Podcast with Coley Browning course to be an encouragement to you. Not only will you know how to set up a mic, record, and edit a podcast, but you also will walk away a more confident person in who God has called you to be living on purpose, not by default, but by design. No matter what, I want to be connected with you. And if you have any questions about this, go ahead and let me know. My arms are open and extended and I believe that there is a place at the table for all of us because of Jesus. And whether that's through a podcast about sports or how to make it the best spaghetti, the Bible says that no matter what you do, do it as if you're doing it for Christ. And I believe that's where our confidence is found. And in that, we get to be creative and there is so much freedom. If you're just finding out about this and you're super excited, the best thing you can do is reach out to me. You can find me on my website, coleybrowning.com or you can send me an email. My address is coleybrowning at gmail.com or you can always hit me up on social media. My handle is at coleybrowning. K-O-H-L-I-E and browning like the rifle. I would love to connect with you and expect how to podcast with Coley Browning coming soon. Let's bounce over to Behind the Bliss for a second. You and Mary Scott launched this in 2018. Did you know you were struggling with infertility when you started the podcast? No, we did not. Crazy the timing of that. He said like, hey, I have this little baby, this BTB baby for you (laughs) that I want you to go ahead and start. And then that happened like 2018, like two years, like when you guys started that journey. My best friend and I started this, like you said, back in 2018. And at the time we were not trying, we didn't even really have the conversation. We just were living our lives as we knew it. It was about six months, maybe seven months, like into Behind the Bliss, that we started having these conversations and like actively started trying. So it's funny you should ask because no, I did not know. (laughs) The Lord was like carving out kind of a season for me to have the space and have the grace and have the platform to be able to talk about these things. Here we are. I have never thought about that either. Why did you say yes to hosting a podcast? Why was that the best next step for you all? Like I said, my best friend Mary Scott came to me one day and we were just talking and she. 
was like, hey, like I really would want to start a podcast or like I've just been thinking about it, but I feel like it would only make sense to do it with, with you, just like with the certain expertise that we both have to offer and like our friendship and all these things. And I was like, I was like yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> I was like, but I don't, I don't listen to podcasts. In fact, <laughs> the only podcasts I listen to are like crime podcasts. I didn't know that like faith-based podcasts existed. So I was like, I don't know anyone's murdered Mary Scott. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We'll have content. She's like, Rachel. So she sent me a few. She's like, I'm inspired by these. This is kind of what I could see our conversation being like. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Came back together, pulled her husbands in and had like our first like team meeting. It was just her husband, Daniel and Mary Scott, and then me and Thomas. And we met for tacos and we just talked about what would this look like? What's the initial investment? How long are we talking here? And we really thought it was going to be like a summer project, like maybe five to 10 episodes and then call it a day because we were both in really weird transition seasons and just both needed like a project, like a purpose kind of thing. 10 episodes went by and it was still fun. And so we did 20 and it was still fun. Then we did 50 and it was still fun. And it got to a point then where we're like, we've got a community and like, we're kind of making an income. So like, we should probably make this more official. Yeah. And so we started talking through business stuff and which was scary because you're making something legit. They were asking us to sign like basically a prenup for our friendship, like a business partner agreement. So it just came to a point where we had an honest conversation and I was like, I think before we move forward, we need to like really pray and make sure this is legit before we make it legit. And she came back and she was like, I love you so much. And I love BTB and everything it is. It was one of our hardest conversations ever. She was like, I never knew it would grow into this. Praise God it did. But I don't have peace like being as involved in a part of it as maybe you do. So she's like, I am like fully happy to just like honor and bless this and like pass it to you. Wow. That was really hard. Now we say we're like 100% best friends. <laughs> we don't have to like share anything else besides just our friendship, which is really sweet. And she sits on our board now to this day. So she's still so involved. One of my biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, it started out with Mary Scott. Wouldn't be here without Mary Scott. She is really just a gem. I wanted to honor her for sure because you say, how did I know I wanted to start this? Yeah. Like, I didn't. <laughs> I had bold friends that did and called me into it and we were just obedient. In the middle of when it was growing, like she- she was obedient to say that God has something else. That's amazing. I love that. You guys are awesome. This is a dorky question. Because like you have such a fun community, especially your Birmingham people, do you ever have where you're out and about and there someone <laughs> recognizes you? Yeah, sometimes. It's really fun though, because I think you might get this, but podcasting is so different than even social media. When we look up at analytics and we pull our numbers and stuff like that for sponsors, whatever, you only see IP addresses. You don't see like usernames. You don't know who people are, what their story is, even what their name is. And so like, this is maybe creepy. I probably shouldn't say this. When I record, I like remember their faces and I have a PO box. So sometimes I get letters, but I like in front of me right now is a collage of like pictures, like faces, letters, and it reminds me of like why I'm doing it and it's not about me and I'm not the hero and it just kind of like puts together a bigger picture so it's really one of my favorite things and not like in a weird way but like I just I love meeting people period when I can meet people that I feel like I already know yeah it's it's just like a sweet reunion fun question but yeah that's like so fun to me something you shared on your 100th episode with Kate Bowman this like went straight to my heart and you were so candid and just saying that you'd made decisions before that were maybe based on something else besides serving others I'm not quoting you perfect. Basically moving forward, it's like it's a non-negotiable that the decisions you're making, like number one for God, but they're also for your BTB girls and guys. It was just kind of one of those like check yourself moments. And I mean, I think that can be for anyone who non-podcaster. Yeah. What do 
does your heart need and how can I best serve you and love you like Jesus? Yeah, there's moments that like strategy and success, I like get thrown out the window and it's really hard because you're like, well, this would make sense or like this leads to growth or this leads to income or profit or whatever. But I can't do that. Yeah, I'm sure that's an amazing opportunity, but that's not for Rachel. That's not for BTB and everything. This is something I've been learning too, but everything has a gatekeeper or at least it should. I live on a military base and there's literally gatekeepers. Like you have to drive through like barricades and like zigzag swerve through them. And then you finally get to a gate and you have to show me your ID. You're like, have a great day. And you're like, thanks. And then salute Thomas. Super cute. But then like, it got me thinking. I was like, I have so many things that I just like let in and out of my life as they please. A lot of them have hurt me or just like leave me with thoughts that I have to filter through or burdens that aren't mine to carry. And so I'm like, okay, do I have a gatekeeper? Shoot. No. So I was like, okay, I need a gatekeeper. Then it caused me to think more. I was like, okay, who am I gatekeeping for that it's up to me? And am I just like allowing any who onto my base, into my house? Am I allowing anything through my speakers, through my TV? And then it got me like bigger. I was like, I'm a gatekeeper for behind the bliss. Am I letting just anything come in because it looks good or they like fit the mold? That's kind of where that thought came from of thinking I am a gatekeeper for these people. Like whether it's the guests I have on the show, the conversations we have, the sponsors, anything. Is it helpful or is it helpful for me and my budget? You know, and like I had to be honest because I think this is a business and like anything else, you'd want to see it grow and flourish. And there's opportunities that come when it grows, obviously. I trust in something way bigger than some of the opportunities that get put in our lap, which are amazing. Please hear me say like I'm grateful for them, but not all of them are good fits. Yeah. I have to know that the Lord he doesn't give me peace. It's discernment on purpose. And I'm like, okay, this is not my best yes. I'm going to save my best yes for my best. (laughs) And it's not this. Yeah. It's funny you should mention that because that's been the hardest part of 2020, especially when 2020 like broke down. And I was like, I'll take anything that comes my way. (laughs) And God's like, we don't work like that. No, you are not desperate. You are provided for. (laughs) You're fine. I'm like, you're right. I'm glad you caught that (laughs) because I was like, I just want people to know I I love y'all too much to just let anything past our gates. I've had times where God and I have had a conversation where he's like, did you ask me about that? Because you said yes. And I don't know if you were ready to say yes. I'm learning that in the same. And the other thing you were talking with Melanie Malone from Passion Worship about how our podcasts are not our manna. It is not the word of God. It is awesome to share stories, but your real manna is going to come from Jesus only. And I love that you gave me language for that. How much responsibility more would we hold if we were like supposed to be someone's manna? I can't. I won't. There's there's no way. I have moments throughout my day. I'm like, trust me, like you cannot listen to me for your 100% truth. I will lead you to it. I pray every time, but I lead you to it. Join with me on this process to get to the altar, to get the feet of Jesus. There's just so much more than what I even can offer. And I'm okay with that. And I'm happy to lead people there because I am not it. (laughs) No way. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Do you have anything exciting that is on the future for 2021 with Behind the Bliss or just anything with you personally? Of course, Baby Autry, which we're all so excited about. Good question. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm like, shoot, I'm trying to think through like, what even am I allowed to share right now? Don't share if you don't don't want to. I want to be respectful. Oh, I want to. That's the issue. Okay. So right now we're thinking through projects just to be able to create some margin and space to honor our time, our family, baby archery. Like um, we're creating some really cool projects, maybe even like courses for specific areas of life that we are not experts in, but have walked through enough to feel like, okay, we can definitely tell you like areas to dodge or things to hang on to or resources we found helpful. So there's some projects coming up. I just would say if you're interested in the slightest, just make sure that you are following along on Instagram 
because all the news will drop there. Also, subscribe to the email list. Shameless plug. But those people get all the goods. So that's where really, like, if you want the sneak peeks and the first dibs and all the things when we're allowed to say all the cool things, then you definitely would get early access to some cool information. But other than that, we have even next week, some really neat interviews for the podcast I am so stoked about and have literally prayed for. I don't know how to say it. I'm just really excited for all that's to come. Like even in a season that felt like a desert slash dumpster fire of 2020, I'm like, okay, there's still some really cool things happening and I want to be on the lookout. So fun you should ask. Yes, personal projects with Rachel Autry, guests on Behind the Bliss, even Behind the Bliss projects. Really excited. And when COVID clears up, hey, I'm claiming it. When COVID clears up, we are doing live events again. This time last yes. year, we hosted a tour around like the Southeast and we did like Behind the Bliss Lives and it was a party every time. It was so much fun. Obviously, we're trying to play it cool now. Who knows? By the time March comes around, Baby Autry's here and I feel like I can travel again. Then we're doing the live events because I miss it so much. And now that I know about Behind the Bliss, I'm going to be attending one of those events. I would love that. So since I live in the South now, I'm so excited. That is so cool. I love that. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and claim that tour for BTB. That sounds great. Well, I'll definitely put all the information for our friends. And if it's cool with you, I'd love to end with a little speed round this or that. Yeah, I love it. Rachel Autry, coffee or tea? Right now, tea. A London fog, even better. In-store or online shopping? And let me say this, you are brilliant in so many things, but you are an awesome shopper. I love seeing the (laughs) items that you share. Yeah, shopping is my love language. Hello. Husband hates it, but we're good. (laughs) It's good. Right now, I online shop a ton just because there's not really many options where we are in Mississippi to in-store shop. But when I go back to Birmingham, I am an in-store local boutique kind of girl. I love my local boutiques. What Enneagram number do you identify with? I am a three wing two. So I'm an achiever with the helper wing. Okay. What about reading at a cafe or do you prefer cozy couch at your house? I feel like COVID's getting in the way of all these things, but pretend it's a perfect world. I like to work at cafes. But if I'm going to like read, I really want to like nestle up. This might be weird, but like take off my bra and like sit at home on my couch. But like if I was working, I get a lot of stuff done at cafes. So give them credit. But if I'm reading, it's definitely at home. Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. People are really into Apple Music, but I love Spotify. I love creating playlists like my favorite pastime. Manicure or pedicure? If you had to pick one. Manny all the way. And I'm loyal to my people. I'm like, if you're in Birmingham, you got to go to Genesis Nail Salon. They're so fun. I'll do anything to get my nails done. Sunrise or sunset? I love a good sunset. Flying or driving? And what our friends might know, but they might not know is that you all have your own plane. So this is really a cool answer. It's funny you should ask. Flying all the way. I feel so bougie. Okay. Also, I have to clarify. We do have a plane, but it's a total God story. And I actually have a whole podcast episode about that. Yes, you do. I'll send Coley the link. Every time I say it, I kind of cringe because I'm like, oh shoot, now they're going to think we're like those kind of people. It's not a jet, people. It's not a jet. It's not like she's like flying like Autry Airways, but I feel like it's proper for you to say you have a plane, right? Yeah. I mean, we do. So I'm not going to dodge it but yeah, yes. you're right. It's not a jet, literally a car with wings. It's called a Grumman Tiger. You can look it up, but it's really fun. And we are so blessed to be able to fly and be so much closer to family that way. That's the official name, a Grumman Tiger? Grumman Tiger. Yeah. That is so <laughs> fun. I love that. Yes. Can I ask one more question? Yeah. Did you have to train Remy to wear the headphones? Did you have to start when he was little? We thought we we're going to have to, but he didn't. So we actually didn't start flying with him until he was three. They're called pup muffs, They're like earphones for dogs. They're 
it's really cute. We thought we were going to have to train him. And then the first time we took him up, when they get knocked off his ears, it's really loud. So it's not really for pressure. It's more just to cancel some noise. So it's not as loud for him. Sure. And so when they get knocked off, he comes up and nudges us like, help me put him back on because it's really loud. So I think you don't have to train dogs to wear them because they're going to want to regardless if it's comfy or not kind of thing. He's really cute. He's the best little flying partner besides Thomas. (laughs) I had a totally different story made up in my mind where I'm like, I bet they had to like work so hard, but that's just me because I always have difficult dogs. So (laughs) what was the last song you listened to? Okay. It was Canvas and Clay by Pat Barrett. Have you heard that song? Yeah, absolutely. It is so good. Ocean or Mountain View? Recently, it's been mountains. I'm craving mountains, especially maybe it's cold out with some like apple cider and a blanket and be in the mountains right now. What is the last item you bought? This is timely. Uh, it was a pair of maternity jeans from Madewell. I am officially making the switch to maternity because it's either leggings, dresses, and I needed something out cute. So I got a pair of jeans. Make the switch proudly. That is awesome. And I'm so excited for you. You're such a cute pregnant person already. So I can just tell you're going to rock those Madewell jeans. Because because the podcast is called Still With You, um, and it just comes from Psalms 139.18, where it talks about like, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. And so I'm wondering, where is God still with you, Rachel? Ooh, that is really good. It's really beautiful how God's proven to me. Wherever we are and whatever trial or victory, celebration or grief that we're walking through, like there is something he's trying to whisper, like hold our hand through. With right now it being such a season of celebration, it's so beautiful to see that he's with us even in that when I'm so used to him being a part of grief that he's like, no, I can throw some parties. Like I want to throw some parties with you. So we're in a party season with God and he is still with us here. It's the most fun and beautiful thing ever. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for opening your arms to girls like me and friends like me who didn't know they needed a behind the bliss moment and moments and you were so open just to be transparent, obedient. And I just want to say that I see that in you. And I know that God is going to continue to work through your family, through your community. And just, I'm really grateful. And thank you so much for taking time to like, come on here and just be honest and like share your heart. I really do appreciate it. Coley, thanks for having me. I would say the exact same about you. Even with the small hour we spent together, I'm like, you're a champion. Like you champion other people so well. And then I just believe that you're a champion for yourself to. And that's a gift to be able to speak life into others and into yourself is something that I think the world needs so much more of. So charge on sister. Well, Hey, you're teaching me well. Friends, do you now understand why I can't get enough of Rachel Autry speaking into my life? I love her heart, and every time I am around her, I feel like I need to up my A-game, keep moving in the direction that God has called me to. And this is not a direction of perfection or comparison, but me being vulnerable and honest with where I'm at, accepting my weakness, and knowing that Jesus is stronger. Rather than trying to fix things on my own, it's so much easier when I let him meet me in my mess. And that's why I love Behind the Bliss. I think that it is a wonderful podcast and it has sincerely helped me in moments where I needed an uplift. And I have collected all of the links and ways that you can connect with Rachel on social media in the show notes of this episode. You can find this on my website, coleybrowning.com or whatever you're listening to, whether this be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and just swipe up to see the details of the show. Click the link and it'll shoot you right on. 
on over to the show notes for this episode. Friends, if you love what you heard today, I would love it if you would take a moment to thank Rachel for coming on the show. And whenever you think about it, take a moment to pray for Rachel and her family, especially during this exciting time with baby Autry's arrival, but also for all the incredible things that are happening with Behind the Bliss. I would love it if our communities could collide. We're better together and she is an amazing voice that I look up to. I do want to remind you of the beautiful music that you were listening to in the background. This is the song Will Be Alright by my friend Gabrielle Grace. She is an incredible folk indie artist who makes the best music. If you've not already listened fully to Will Be Alright, make sure you find Gabrielle's music on Spotify or wherever you stream your music. I hope you are enjoying your last week of January. Thank you for being here. Be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you. 